And, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready now to go into question and answers number six. Before we just get into the depth and the deep of it, I'd like to talk about just a couple things. Um, <clears throat> there is there is a lot going on on the Internet and other uh, mediums of uh, advertising uh, in which a lot of proclamations about severe uh, sort of end of the world or incredibly severe devastations are being predicted. Uh, for instance, uh, there's going to be some horrible things supposedly happen uh, in uh, September, and there's going to be, uh, you know, just almost like what is supposed to happen, what some people expect to happen in 2012, uh, they say is actually going to happen in 2011. Uh, <clears throat> what I would like to share with you people is do not have any fear and do not get into these predictions that these people are making. At some point in the possibly near future, I intend to make a challenge to some of the main uh, named uh, persons and groups that are making some of these predictions and to challenge them that none of their methods, uh, in, including remote viewing and whatever methods that they want to use, is going to match or is going to be able to challenge a seer prophet. There's a difference between physiological resources and spiritual resources. I think that sometimes the physiological resources that are used in a psychic type of way, that that can actually even cause there to be a focus on negative things and might even, you know, uh, be a help uh, for those things to happen as a mental crash in the minds of, of, of people. So I want to tell you that this is my viewpoint when I am looking at uh, all the potentials that are in the world that uh, could exert negative forces and negative influences. And keeping you in mind that the very topic of our uh, question uh, that several people wrote letters in asking and requesting that I, I do a, um, a telling on uh, the uh, angel wars. And, of course, that's what we've been doing these last few uh, teachings. And we're going to try to get done today or next week. But what I want to share with you is, yes, we know that in Matthew 24 uh, that Jesus made it clear you'll have the you know uh, uh you'll have earthquakes and you'll have famine you'll have floods uh you'll have all kinds of things and in other other places of his word he said men's hearts failing them with for fear and and you'll have the poor with you always uh those are just things that we've had uh, almost from the beginning of time and they're going to continue to just go on now this is the tartaru here on this planet and uh, and earthquakes and um, uh, and uh, various kinds of volcanoes uh, are just something that the earth needs uh, to have to keep uh, it to be young and alive. And uh, in the process process of the earth keeping young and alive, uh, it can be you know a deadly game for people that happen to be living on top of a fault or on top of a volcano or near too near a volcano. 
And so, you know, uh, research and understanding of these things has to uh, broaden so that people can be uh, spared from going through uh, the torture of any of those experiences. But they're going to continue. And, and yes, some of these people that are just throwing out one prediction after another, uh, once in a while, it'll just be like throwing dice. Once in a while, they're going to hit on to something. And they're going to say, oh, look at this. Look at how divine, how perfect, how wonderful this was. And, and uh, uh, here's my advice to you. One time when uh, Peter was curious about John, the disciple that uh, that Jesus, uh, you know, just sort of especially loved. And, of course, he understood something about John that the, even the disciples didn't understand. John was one of the of the three that went up to the mountain. And, and the other one was his brother and then Peter. So understand this. Uh, when Paul says, uh, or pardon me, when Peter says, well, what about what about John? What's going to happen here? Because there was a saying, and the saying was that that John would not die until the kingdom of the Lord uh, uh, was come, and uh, and of course they didn't really have uh, the right understanding of that verse or, or of that prophecy, uh, and and you know when when you when you get a prophecy or you or you make a statement you don't have it quite right. Uh, it's uh, it's too bad because it it lends to an awful lot of misunderstandings and a lot of uh, misconstrued uh, ideas, but uh, John did live uh, to the uh, to and beyond the prophecy, which was in Matthew twenty four about uh, the the walls of Jerusalem and the temple coming down, and uh, and Jesus said there won't be one stone left on another of this temple. And and uh, so he was he was talking about more than just uh, building blocks. Uh, there was a much more depth into that saying than just that. But you know, in 70 A.D., that's exactly what did happen. And would you know or believe? Uh, well, I hope that you will, because it's a fact. John, the disciple, uh, was the only remaining of the disciples still alive. He was still alive, and he lived beyond that time. And and uh, he settled in uh, you know in in, in Asia Minor, so um, when Jesus said to, to Peter, said, "What's it? To, what's it to thee? Follow thou me." That is be my advice to you people that when individuals make big proclamations and and give these horrible grotesque things that are going to happen, the Lord is just speaking to you and saying, "What's it to thee? Follow thou me." And the other thing that he is saying, render to, uh, to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and to God the things that belong to God. Now, if the Christians and the ministers and the pastors and the evangelists and the teachers would get off this track about, about uh, just hammering away on the doomsday scenario over and over again until they've beaten the metal to pulp, uh, if they would just get off of that and, and, and uh, quit, quit accentuating it, uh, that would please God because those things belong to, to Caesar. They they belong to the world powers of and the powers of darkness, and they belong to those principalities of darkness. But if we want to get ahead and we want to have confidence of our deliverance, then concentrate, you know, on on rendering unto God what is due to God and what is due to God: love, attention, time, prayer, worship, praise. 
These are the things that, that are due to God, and that's what we should be spending our time to talk about and, and, and to uh, act, uh, activate uh, in our lives. So that's just a little piece of advice I want to give you people. Don't be afraid about the end of the world concept. Uh, these people don't know what they're talking about. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we've been in the end of the world, which is the end of the age, uh, since uh, the time that Jesus went upon the cross. And that's in the book of Acts. So don't, um, don't get jammed up in that stuff. Let's get on now with this teaching. Now I trust that that uh, you people did get over to Star Rise and and look at the teaching that I had there uh, that uh, you know slightly mentioned mentioned the Fibonacci numbers. Uh, those are very very interesting. Uh, there's a whole lot more to them than what I I allowed to be in that little section. But you know uh, uh, these uh, Fibonacci numbers are are incredibly expansively used. And someone was sharing with me the other day that, well, you knew, know that people use these to figure out which horse will win a, win a race. <laughs> and that did not surprise me, uh, uh, you know, the versatility of these numbers and, and the way that people come off with all their, their ideas. Uh, but, you know, the, the golden section, the, the, the golden string, the, the, uh, the golden ratio, uh, those are all, you know, tucked in to this revelation of the uh, Fibonacci numbers. And um, I've often in the past uh, talked about the fractals and how that there is a connection in fractals. Well, the, um, the Rabbi uh, Nachi uh, uh, mathematical sequences uh, you know, has several examples of fractals as a mathematical object, object that contains the whole of itself within itself infinitely many times over. And let me repeat that. The, the, the uh, Fibonacci sequence uh, holds in itself the example of fractals as a mathematical object that contain the whole of itself within itself infinitely many times over. And, uh, you know, what else has this done? Well, it helped Europe replace the Roman numeral system with algorithms because algorithms, you know, are associated with the uh, Fibonacci uh, mathematical sequences. And, and that, of course, is what is used to this day. Um, and then if you want to go beyond there, you know, it, it's very, uh, very, very uh, great uh, for people that you know, know how to use it uh, with a formula for calculating which angle uh, has a given tangent. And uh, then uh, using that uh, with the formula uh, for the Fibonacci numbers, uh, you can compute pi. So I mean that's a huge thing, and uh, and the number pi that uh, that is given by that calculation is three point one four one five nine space two six five three five, and so you, if you know anything about pi, you'd you'd see how incredibly accurate that is on that subject. Now, just a couple more things here, and I'll get on to uh, something else. Um, there are a lot of um, Fibonacci uh, forgeries out there. Uh, so, you know, uh, don't get caught up in them and start learning how they operate and then find out that you've got something that's not the real thing because there is a, a major difference. But because, like, you know, even with uh, uh, Fibonacci numbers, uh, uh, you, can, you can do cubes, 
Uh, you can do a, a, a parallel sequences of numbers. Uh, you can get into the different powers, and you can even involve a triangular table of numbers uh, that have uh, uh, properties to Pascal's uh, triangle and the binomial numbers. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, <clears throat> the um, the uh, Fibonacci series uh, and uh, phi uh, play a prominent role in mathematical properties. And uh, there are uh, what they call special arrays. Those special arrays are tables of numbers. And these particular tables of number uh, have uh, all kinds of capabilities. And they fall into, uh, you know, a couple different collections and, and series. And they, they, they contain each a whole number exactly once. Now, if you had any idea how incredible far out that that is, uh, then you would understand, as I'm telling this, what a fabulous thing that is and how that that could narrow down mathematically uh, the consensus of, of certain kinds of uh, purposes for using such a kind of math. So the, 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 the secret behind these clever arrays, guess what, is the golden section, number phi. So one, one uh, you know, th there's just so many other things I could say, but I think that, that basically covers the gist of what I wanted to touch on, on uh, the Fibonacci. All right, now let's, uh, let's go into uh, something that we left off with uh, last um, uh, teaching, and turn with me to Second Corinthians five nineteen. Second Corinthians five nineteen, and this is a very, very, very important scripture. And uh, and when I reveal it to you, you will see why it is so important. So we're talking about uh, uh, second. Uh, let's see here if I got this right. Um, yeah, Second Corinthians. 519 I've got. Uh, let's see if we can find that. Here we go. Okay, here it is. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconcil reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, I want you to get this down into your minds. This is so vastly important, and it ties into everything. The, the, these angelic wars, it, it ties into the, the resolution of the fallen angels. It is absolutely, incredibly important. When the angels fell into matter and took on human bodies, and, uh, and all of the things biblically that are told happened, uh, there, there was... A, a wonderful thing that was done. Uh, <clears throat> Lucifer, Satan, would have liked to take him the credit for the creation that had been done so that everything would be over his name. Well, there ended up being a, a court settlement. Someone says, you mean they have courts? Uh, uh, the seven spirits of God are, are the commissioners of, of, of the court. And uh, and uh, this is a process of thrones. Each one of those uh, those angels represent uh, a, a universe of overcomers, and each uh, archangelship represents uh, a throne. 
and each one of those thrones has uh, its own thought, and every one of those thoughts uh, are part of the collective that is used for the white throne judgment. And so uh, it is very, very important to understand this. And so then, um, you know, uh, Lucifer, you know, made his case. And so what ended up happening is there was the people, which it was, could be e- easy to prove that they were, uh, were the Ophanims and that the, their original uh, uh, archangel and Lord uh, is uh, Yahweh or Yahweh, as most of you, a lot of you people are familiar with. And uh, so that was, that then was reconciled uh, by God through Jesus Christ, and all of the credit and all of the claim for, for physical creation of entities was then put to the credit of Jesus Christ. And he holds that in suspension until we can get through this time, time, and the dividing of times, and there is an opportunity for all of the Ophanim angels who fell to have an offer, a time and a chance, as the Bible puts it in in Ecclesiastes, uh, for regeneration. And so that is where that is. That is very important. But the property... The property of the earth was actually put in the control and under the hands of Lucifer, Satan. And that's why in the Bible it says that the kingdoms of this world belong to Lucifer. It's talking about the physical land uh, uh, property. But we see toward the end of of Revelations that there is a changeover that takes place, that after the third war... And after Lucifer is conquered, that it says, and now the kingdoms of this world, have, which meant earth at that time, have become the kingdoms of the Lord God. And so that makes an absolutely clear statement that until that time, the kingdoms of the world did not, did not belong to the Lord. They belonged to Lucifer, Satan. And so I hope that you can, you know, clinch that and, and, and get that in your mind. And, and remember, this happened during the time that Lucifer was put in charge as a covering angel, and he was a cherubim or a cherub angel and not an ophanim. And he was absolutely perfect. Uh, you know, when, when you read about Lucifer in Isaiah fourteen twelve and Ezekiel twenty eight twelve through fifteen, you 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 find that Lucifer was perfect. Uh, you know, in his day, until sin was found in him, and sin was not found in him until he moved from the ranks of the cherubim into the ranks of the ophanim. <clears throat> now, when he did that, he he moved down or up, or whichever way you want to put it, into a different uh, order. The order of the, of the uh, Ophanims was a different order than the order of the Cherubims. And that was the beginning of his problems. Uh, so there's just a whole lot that, that goes on. But while he was there, and, and, and the uh, Yaviel and, and the special group of angels were spiriting creation, uh, and the, the scripture for that, I gave it last week. I want to give it again in case some of you people didn't get it. 
Psalms 104.30. Uh, and this time, I am going to read it to you because it is so incredible. So let's just look at, 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 that, at that scripture because it, it is very, very clear about what we are talking about. So 104, Psalms 104 and uh, verse 30. And uh, here we go. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created. Thou renewest the face of the earth. There you have it. There is the spiriting of creation. Spirit to spirit, instead of a physical body giving out physical commands, this is a spirit to spirit, and that's what we call spirit creating. Okay, now we can sort of um, uh, move along. But uh, just for some extra thoughts here, interesting extra thoughts. Uh, some of you, the people that are getting so caught up about the war of Israel and, and how that maybe Iran and all the Arab nations at any moment could all come against Israel and, uh, and, and destroy it. And they've got all these questions and fears and, and torments about it. Uh, I, I want to just give you something from the Word of God that I think there's an awful lot of people that are not aware of it. They're just not up to date on it. But let me tell you that when the time of that war does come to be, and one day it will come to be, uh, that that it's going to be quite different than what the 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 armies that invade Israel would have ever dreamed. And even though it's right in the Bible, they 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 won't read it or they won't believe it if they did read it. So let's just look as at at this scripture and uh, and just <laughs> just really uh, see how that is going to add to your to your understanding. Chapter fourteen of Zechariah. Chapter 14 of Zechariah, and let's look at verse 12. Here's what it says. Get a hang of this. And this shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Now I will tell you that the Israelites are very advanced in technology. And uh, when the day comes, they will have the neutron ray. And with the neutron ray, they will be able to destroy flesh and, and it will leave intact the tanks, intact all the military ammunition and, and uh, everything that has value. Uh, and only kill the people, and and that's what the neutron uh, ray gun will do. And so, you know, get off your your worry ward. Get off your worry ward. That is not a praise unto God, and that is not faith, and that is not trust. What we are into with the manifest teachings is the love of God, and the love of God is healing, and the love of God will. Fill the whole house where you live and every room where you live and it will force out it will force out of your house the fear, the apprehension the anxiety, the stress the anger 
and the turbulent things that belong to the dark side. Blessed be the name of God. I throw that in there for you because I just know these things are needed. I feel it by the Spirit. And I just want you to be well advised and addressed of that because, uh, you know, that is the plan of God. Now, <clears throat> we know the Bible says in Psalms 147.4, He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Um, it doesn't say to who he tells this incredible revelation, but it says he does tell it. And he tells that revelation to somebody, the number of the stars. And when he's talking about number of the stars, he's not talking about the conglomerate of, of the endless numbers of, of uh, stellar bodies. He's talking about the star angels. And their number isn't just there's 10 of them or 15 of them or a trillion of them. Their number is a designated number that identifies the position of every single solitary individual and their destiny. And, and that number is written in them. And, and he calls them all by their name. <coughs> Excuse me. Every angel has a name and has a number. And he telleth that. Now, there are not many ministries out there today that are into understanding how that these things can be told. Now, when we interpreted uh, Revelations 5.9, which was the number of them, and, and it said thousands times 10,000, uh, no one ever did anything with that. that I, in, all, in all the his, history of, from the time it was written, uh, that I have ever been able to find or hear of. But, you know, we showed that when you take that 10,000 times 10,000 and you put it into a mathematical uh, a scenario, that is 10,000 times 10,000 equaling 100 million, or you can reduce it to, to, the, to the power of 10. <clears throat> so with the 10,000, you know, you have four zeros. So it's 10-4 times 10-4, and that equals 10-8. And that changes it from 10-4 times 10-4 to the power of 10-8. Now that figure gives you two multiplication factors. Factor 1 is 10-4. Factor 2 is the product of 10-4 times 10-4, which is 10-8. Now taking thousands of the word of which is part of the scripture there and that happens to be a multiplication indicator so when you, that word is put in there of that is a mathematical uh, multiplication indicator and so then we take that uh, and and thousands then as follow and we take factor one which is ten of uh, four uh, uh, and then the thousands of the ten thousands, factor two, which is ten eight, and the thousands of the hundred million, we multiply the one and the factor two, and we get ten four times ten eight equals ten twelve, and the answer of ten twelve equals one trillion. Now, you know, we have shown in, 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 in the word, we have shown in our teachings that God is telling the number to somebody and that there's a revelation being told to somebody. God does have his people in this day and in this age to whom he is revealing these deep and intricate things. 
when we get into this, you know, this uh, Fibonacci uh, um, revelation, uh, it's very important because it is a it is a math that is actually uh, you know used by uh, satanic uh, powers of creation, and it it was a math that was known before the person whose name was uh, Fibonacci lived. Uh, so so it 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 uh, you know it was a Lucifer creation. Some people might not like that, uh, but, you know, I'm not here just to please people for what they like. I'm here to preach the Word of God and be instant in season and out of season. And I'll tell you what, uh, for me, being instant in season and out of season is like a, a streak. Uh, and when I get on this uh, broadcast, uh, I have to be given notes and prompted and helped and talked to uh, as by sign language to slow down slow down because when i open up uh you know i it just pours out out of me uh like a stream of fire i i feel like that scripture that jeremiah spoke of about when he was told that he could not speak the word of god he he was uh he was told that um you know he it was like fire shut up in his bones so this fire shut up in in the bones that uh you know that Jeremiah felt that the word uh you know when when it was cornered and 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 sort of locked in uh <laughs> come on people he uh uh he was expressing sometimes what I feel <clears throat> I feel like fire shut up in my bones I feel like this I've had this message and I've held it for years and years and years and years and, and I, sure, I could have published it, you know, uh, 40 years ago, a lot of these revelations. But I didn't because God had put on me to hold it back. So I, I, I held it back and uh, I was very careful uh, to, to just try to teach it to a school of the prophets and, and not get it out to everybody. And it was only just in the last very few years that God gave me the leeway to start getting this out to the people. And that's what we're doing. And and uh, so it, it behooves all of you people that are hearing this message to get this message out. You know, I have offered uh, in the revelation of of the twenty thousand uh, pomegranates that I would reveal two or three new maps that can convey uh, uh, atomic inversion and can tell uh, how, how uh, some of the uh, energy um, uh, uses that are, are being used by um, uh, the um, uh, pilots of the Zith are, are done. Uh, I've offered that, plus there's many other revelations. But I said, I have to get 20,000 people. Now, there's a reason I said 20,000 people, and it ties into a 20,000 revelation, uh, which, you know, I have preached on, but I will be doing more preaching. I might even mention it tonight. I don't know, because uh, I don't know what the kind of time that I'll have. But I do know that you, that the Scripture is full uh, of, of <clears throat> things that it says about signs and symbols. Genesis 1-4 talks about the sun and the moon, and, and it says that they're for signs and symbols. Uh, you've got, you know, numbers and names and all kinds of things mentioned in Isaiah 40-26, Psalms 147-4, uh, Jeremiah 10:2, Amos 5:8, Romans 10:18. Uh, there's just all kinds of uh, incredible things. Now, <clears throat> I have not shared this very many times, but uh, you know, there's um, uh, there are people that are saying that uh, they have seen uh, huge uh, arrays 
of uh, of UFOs as they call them, and and uh, we call them Ziths, and uh, that that the, the numbers are just so great that they feel that uh, it is indicative uh, that the time of the aliens taking over the planet is just about here. Well, uh, sad is the day for those people uh, uh, that they are still uh, st- steeped uh, in 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 the, the veil covering, the veil that is blocking out their spiritual membranes to the memra of the Word of God. Uh, because, <clears throat> you know, I, I have seen uh, these, these vast numbers. Uh, twice uh, have I, with other individuals witnessing at the same time, uh, in broad daylight, seen the uh, armadas uh, and with the ziths uh, flying in them in all kinds of different uh, uh, formations. V formations, seven formations, all kinds of other formations. A huge uh, armada that, that uh, traveling at the speed they were going still took about uh, 15 or, or 20 minutes uh, for them to get by. And, and we saw that once in uh, British Columbia, Canada, and we saw it once in Northwest Territories, Canada. And, uh, and this was, there was a, a group of us that saw it all together, uh, you know, broad daylight, uh, no sh- shady, shadowy things at night that you might miss, miss a place or, or misconstrue, uh, for being, uh, something like that, uh, but it's just, uh, you know, meteorite things or what have you. <clears throat> okay, uh, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's just uh, go on here because there's so much to cover. I want to tell you that there are there are actions going on. There are things going on. Uh, you know, uh, someone mentioned uh, that uh, you know uh, perhaps that these uh, angelic beings or these aliens, as they call them, could be involved in doing things to to help the earth. Well, I, I want to tell you that the cherubims and the seraphims, they they are guardians of this earth. And and uh, uh, they do all kinds of things to keep it from uh, to keep it going, and I have no doubt in my mind. But what there were asteroids that might have struck the Earth, but were deflected way way out in space uh, by these guardians, and uh, so uh, I, I think that is something that that people should know. And uh, when you get into the Bible, it talks uh, in the first chapter, in the first couple of verses about waters and, and, and light and those kind of things. Uh, you know, you need to understand, as I've explained and preached on many times, that waters uh, based uh, on uh, the scriptures in, um, uh, in, in the book of, of Revelations, uh, chapter 17, uh, verse 15, and... and uh, uh, the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 8, uh, it clearly tells that rivers and waters can represent people. And uh, so uh, as far as light, we know light can represent people. Ephesians 5, 8 speaks of the children of light. Colossians speaks of the saints in light. And uh, on and on and on. And, and the real incredible verse, James 1, 17, speaks of the father of lights. So, father of the sons and the daughters, or father of lights. Uh, you know, lights can represent people. And, and we're talking, uh, you know, why are we sometimes waters? Why are we sometimes lights? Because this represents different levels uh, of those people. 
And so that is why it happens in, uh, just in, in the word the way that it does. And those things are all, all important. Okay, there's a scripture that I want to go over as a setting for my teaching. Uh, I want to make sure you got it down just, just like that one that I just did on the reconciliation. So now that you know that everything is reconciled to, to Jesus Christ, he's holding that for all the redeemed. And then it will be given back to them uh, as credit for their creation. By that time, uh, they will be uh, finished, and, and all the orphanims that have fallen uh, and, and have repented will be regenerated. And then the new creations will begin of the people whose names have never been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, because all of our names, because we existed before the foundations of the earth, as it as it, it tells us in the in Job uh, thirty eight and, and and many other scriptures, um, that uh, that our name was written before the foundation of the of the world. But there is an important scripture. I have uh, taught on it different times, but uh, I, I know that I need to to repeat it uh, very often to make sure that it really really gets into the minds of people. And it's in the book of the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 18, uh, verse 36. Jesus answers Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. Now, would you repeat that to me in your mind? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Can, can you get that? Can, can you really get that? Because I think that it's very difficult for people to understand that, for people to really get it. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And I want to tell you, that is the book of the Gospel of John, and that is chapter 18, and that is verse 36. And I don't want you to forget that. The kingdom of Jesus is not of this world. If it had been of this world, then Jesus says, you know, people are looking for a Messiah, and they were looking for a Messiah that would fight the Romans. But he said, my kingdom's not of this world. Render unto Caesar what's due to Caesar, to God what's due to God. My kingdom is not of, of this world. You know, what's it to thee, Peter? Uh, you know, what's it to thee? Uh, you know, <laughs> seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. What's it to thee? Okay, that's how God is speaking today to the people. Now, his kingdom is not of this world. Uh, his servants would fight. And so to think of this thing that, that his servants would not fight is is he does say my servants would fight uh, to keep me from being delivered to the Jews if my kingdom uh, were of this world, but my kingdom is not of this world. And uh, that is an absolutely incredible, positive, powerful statement. And, and I hope that you eat that like a scroll. And I hope that goes down into your innermost being so that uh, it becomes a part of, of your uh, life and a part of your understanding of, of the revelation and of the word of God. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, so that was a major thing that I wanted you to understand because it ties in to all the reasons why in Isaiah fifty-one sixteen that God tells us we're going to plant the heavens. 
Uh, it ties into Mark 16:15. Go you into all the cosmos, because the the word for world there is cosmos. Go you into all the cosmos. That's all. That's the universe. And preach the gospel. And and if you want to look that up in in the, the Greek concordance, um, it's 28:89. Uh, look it up and, and satisfy yourself uh, or get a, a, a Greek, uh, you know, a translator, whatever you need, uh, do it so that, that you know. Uh, as far as the end of the world, uh, it's, it's uh, been here uh, since uh, Christ going to the cross. Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26. Once at the end of the world. <laughs> okay. It actually means age. But still, that does have significance also, and that's nothing to look at uh, lightly because it all is applicable to many, many things that, uh, you know, that we need to, uh, to understand and to, to go into, you know. Now, <clears throat> uh, just we're sort of reiterating some things, you know, because, uh, you know, some of these original revelations in, during this time of the teaching of the Star Wars, uh, you know, it goes way back. And and people, it's easy to forget, you know, forget some of these things. But we know that in the 12th chapter of Revelations 3 through 9, that it says that uh, that the dragon, Drago, that's Satan as Lucifer, or Lucifer as Satan, uh, his tail drew the third part of the stars uh, of heaven. Now, to understand the, those three, what the third is, and why throughout a big part of the book of Revelations, you see a third of the grass, a third of this, of the waters, a third of, of the trees, uh, because it's all basically uh, responding to the third that fell. And there is a sign language there and a sim symbolism there that all refers to the third that fell. And, and we had the three groups of angels that came to this galaxy, and they were the seraphims who were based you know, in the Pleiades, and, um, and uh, there, there, there were, um, you know, uh, the, the, uh, they were led by the archangel Michael, and then um, uh, you've got the, uh, uh, the other angels, uh, like, for instance, uh, the cherubim, and um, uh, they were led by Gabriel, and uh, so these are very enchanting, interesting things when you really get into it. You know, uh, they they are they are extremely uh, interesting things, and uh, and this this all ties in then uh, to some of these other uh, uh, places that they were located, and just get into thirty eighth chapter of Psalms and, and and begin to read there, and uh, and you 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 will see uh, where you you'll get the revelation. And you'll see how that that there was the three groups, and and they included the seraphim uh, under Michael, uh, the cherubim under Gabriel, and the ophanim under Yahweh. They came here to this galaxy to create, and uh, the the um, uh, seraphim were six-winged angels, the uh, cherubim were four-winged angels, and the ophanims were two-winged angels. So there's a lot of revelation about all of that, uh, but I have preached on that many times before, and I don't have the time here to, uh, you know, go uh, b back over that. 
you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, just one of those things. Uh, I just uh, tell you people that uh, we've had uh, some uh, breaking up according to some reports that are coming back. Uh, they're basically saying it is our cable. Uh, the cable that we have right now is a ground cable, and it's, they've got it lying on top of the ground. They were to come here about three weeks ago and, and put a master main cable in that would go underneath the ground. They haven't done that yet. Uh, they, it's going to happen. So please just hang in there with us. Be patient. Uh, we are aware of the problem. All right. Uh, okay, so let's just, uh, let's just go on with things. Uh, and see where we're at from there, what we want to, to add to this. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just uh, absolutely amazing uh, that uh, we have people that are hungry to listen to these uh, incredible revelations and that, that are, I, I get almost letters every day of people just exclaiming how incredible the teachings are and how hungry they are to have them. I just want to remind you that I gave you a revelation about the two bosoms. Uh, there is the Abrahamic bosom, uh, spoken of uh, in uh, Luke sixteen twenty-two through 23. Uh, there is the Father's bosom, uh, spoken of in John one eighteen. So the Father's bosom is the Melchizedek uh, bosom, and the Abrahamic bosom uh, is... is uh, the the other bosom now uh we will explain to you uh some very very interesting things uh and we have to understand that um that while all of these uh events uh are going on of uh like what's uh happening right right now in the course of this this world war uh of the angels number two which we are in uh right now and this is not a, a war of flesh and blood uh, directly, but it does uh, influence and affect flesh and blood, uh, uh, you know, ultimately. Um, but, but the Bible speaks that we have to hang in there uh, as, until the fullness of the dispensation of the time, time, uh, the, the time, times, and, and dividing of the times. And uh, uh, a lot of interesting scripture on that in Ephesians 1, 9 through 10. Uh, uh, and uh, Ephesians 3, 2, and Colossians 1, 25 through 26. And those are well worth uh, noting. Uh, Jesus in 8, uh, 51, 58 says, Before Abraham I am. Now, we're going to talk just a little bit about these two bosoms, the father bosom, uh, you know, and the Abrahamic bosom, and how that, that has uh, uh, application. Uh, because I think that uh, it just absolutely, you know, is uh, uh, very important uh, to understand some of these things uh, in, in, in a sense of, of a congruent uh, and, and uh, in a sense of a follow-up way so that, uh, you know, people have some uh, way of putting things in order and, and, and how, that they, how they make sense. Uh, that I think is is something uh, you know very very important. Okay, so uh, uh, I want to I want to um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about these the two flocks, and and there's two flocks 
there's the major flock, and there's the minor flock. Now, the major flock um, is, uh, in Asia, uh, major. And that uh, is represented by the, the big dipper. And the uh, minor uh, flock the, is in Asia minor, and that is represented by the little dipper. Now, mathematically, when you talk about a trillion angels, uh, roughly, that fell, Jesus did not fall, but a trillion angels that fell, uh, and you take that number a trillion that I, I went through here uh, just a little bit ago to show you from the um, revelations, the trillion number of the Ophanim, and you take 666 as representing the major flock uh, that the manifest tells us that went with Lucifer in the beginning, but, but that uh, there was 334 uh, that resisted uh, still got carried away in the caravan of, of the moves and things, but uh, but they were the first ones to jump in uh, for going into taking human bodies and, and being reconciled by repentance. And when you take the 666 and the, and the 334, uh, three, you end up with a thousand uh, million, which is a billion. And, uh, and then when you take the billion and you use the Christ ratio of, of 1,000 to 1, and lost of scripture for that, uh, then you end up with 1,000 billion, which is 1 trillion. And, and so that is very interesting. What you then have uh, is the makeup and complexity uh, of summation for the entire trillion, but it includes those that are in the Asia, the Asia major flock, and those who are in the Asia Minor flock, those flocks that it's talking about, the major flock that has this larger non-people. Now, we're talking about a place where spirits go and that even where there is planet life and, and some people in human bodies go and they live uh, away from the earth uh, in, in those areas. Uh, like of the Big Dipper will be, you know, uh, the the largest number of people, and they will be they're the major flock, uh, but the the minor flock are the ones that have um, that that are in the higher revelation uh, of the things of God, and and uh, so you know they are the 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 father bosom or the Melchizedek uh, bosom uh, uh, revelation, but the. Uh, the, the major flock in Asia, uh, they are in the um, uh, the revelation of of the Abrahamic bosom, and so you've got the Abrahamic bosom, which is the major flock, uh, where where the spirits go, that belong to that set, and then you've got the the other bosom, which is the the uh, father's bosom, and I and I've given you the you know the scriptures for that. So that should not be a problem to you, uh, and and uh, but anyway, uh, let's just keep in mind, you've got these two bosoms. You can find, uh, you know, uh, the one on, one bosom in Luke, and I think the other one is in John, uh, <coughs> of the fathers, and I think it's in the uh, I believe the fourteenth chapter of uh, of the book of uh, John. And so then, uh, you 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 have these all fitting in. And, and and so when when you do not understand 
to go into all of the universe and preach the gospel. And you are limited here to this little earth, which is just going to get old and wrinkled up and 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 uh, until it's been made into a new new earth, uh, being something quite different than anything can even than we can even imagine. Um, then, ladies and gentlemen, you wouldn't even be able to do uh, if you were called to do a mission like Jesus did when he went and preached to the spirits that were in hell. Now that hell happened to be lower paradise. And 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 God may send you to the major flock, which is Asia Major. And and you would be within the you know, the the, the uh star uh, uh uh constellation there of of the of the Big Dipper. Or he may send you to the star constellation of the Little Dipper, which is the, you know, the bosom of the Father, the Melchizedek revelation. But this is spread out into the heavens, into the universe. And when Jesus said, "Go," when Jesus said, "Go ye into all the cosmos," in Mark, sixteenth chapter, that's exactly what he meant. Now you begin to get this information. And I hope that it's sinking in. The one thing about having uh, it so that you can uh, record these various kind of things, you can play them back. Now, we knew while this war is going on that we, we, we can trust and we can believe that as it was in the days of the past, so shall it be in the days of our time now and future. And, and Ecclesiastes clearly tells us that. That which was is now, and that which is is to be. And so, in Judges 5.20, KJV, Judges 5.20, when, and that's ver, uh, verse 20, but chapter 5, it says, They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. And we see how that angels from the beginning of time have intervened in sensational things happening on happening on the earth. And that's why the revelation in Job thirty eight seven and Job thirty eight twenty one is so important. Where were you when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? You know, for you were born then. Now the tail of the dragon threw a third and so we had three thirds we had one-third the seraphim. That was the whole order of the, of the seraphim. They represented one-third of the three groups. There was three groups that went, and they represented one-third, and they were called seraphim. There was another group that went. They were called cherubim. They represented one-third. And the other group that went that was called ophanim represented one-third. Out of those three groups, one-third was drawn by the tail of the dragon and cast down to earth. Now that happened before the, there was the revelation of the Big Dipper, uh, before there was that revelation, because, you know, at that time, uh, the plan of salvation uh, was still going to be uh, forged and put into place. Uh, and so at that time, all of the angels were in the Father's house, the Little Dipper area. 
they were in that area. And if you look at the uh, Drago, uh, the the star constellation, and you know it, it can you map where its tail is, you'll see how it curves around uh, and goes around uh, the Little Dipper, uh, and which includes the uh, the Polaris star, which is the northern star uh, for this planet Earth. So that is a very interesting connection, in my opinion. It doesn't take very much for us to uh, put a few interesting things together uh, when we consider that and we look at that. And I hope that, that you do. Okay. All right, so here we go. Um, we understand that... Um, there are, uh, you know, some very important uh, understandings of, of, you know, the, the war in heaven. And, uh, and we, we want to, you know, understand that in Isaiah twenty four twenty one that it says he's going to punish the last of the high ones who are on high. And, uh, and uh, we know there are armies in heaven. Uh, Revelations nineteen fourteen tells us that. And uh, we know there was war in heaven, and it was extended to the earth, and now there is a war on earth. And uh, we know that the Lord said, uh, you know, I have other sheep. Uh, and uh, we, we see that uh, being the uh, Artersians uh, under the Melchizedek order, spoken in John ten sixteen. So I'm just trying to give you update on scriptures, you people that you know, have gotten behind and uh, I've been getting requests. Could you go back over some of these scriptures? Uh, I just didn't get it. and It's real difficult for me to go all the way through all the teachings to try to find these scriptures. So that's what we're trying to do is to accommodate you. Uh, and that's why we're doing what we're doing here today is just to accommodate you. <clears throat> Now, Jesus has been active on this earth before. And that's why we see in Acts 3, 20 through 21, it says that he shall send Jesus Christ, which was, be, which, uh, was before preached unto you. So we see that, that, uh, that the coming and the going of Jesus was just not a one-time thing. That uh, is a quite involved situation. And, uh, and if we knew the half of it, I think uh, there would be an awful lot of people absolutely uh, shocked. Um, we know that, generally speaking, that Christ is not going to come back and, and set up a kingdom here until the forces of darkness have been destroyed. That's why, uh, you know, uh, in, in the book of Acts, it says that, uh, uh, it's speaking of Jesus Christ, in the 21st verse of Acts, chapter 3, it says, Whom the heavens must, must, M-U-S-T, must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of, the, of his holy prophets since the world began. So you have to understand that this, this restitution of all things has to happen. And, and, and I keep preaching this word, but I have a feeling that it is going to get, you know, get caught on to. Because uh, this uh, restitution, uh, you know, is spoken of in Daniel 
chapter 9, verse 24, when it says, Seventy weeks are determined upon my thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation. What was I talking to you about? for the iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. So there we see verification of the Word, and, and it tying in to this scripture here in Acts 3.21, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. And then I gave you the scripture in Daniel 9:24 of the time, times, the dividing of the times uh, to go along with that. So uh, these are just, you know, incredible uh, connections that are just pure Bible. They're pure Bible. Now, I think I just uh, briefly, slightly mentioned this, but I, I, I want to mention it again because uh, it really belongs, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to some interesting things. Uh, we're going to get into this uh, thing of Sodom and Gomorrah as a part of World War III once we uh, get into uh, World War III. Uh, I've had uh, a couple people keep asking me about when are you going to get into this thing on the, you know, uh, uh, on the fire and brimstone that came down upon uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Like I said, I did touch on it, but uh, we're going to we're going to cover that, uh, you know, just uh, a little more detail. Uh, I talked this last uh, uh, number five uh, question and answers uh, about the fifth day, the generation age. And uh, I think I talked a little bit about Satan's seat uh, mentioned in Revelations 2.13 and how that the dragon gives the beast his seat mentioned in Revelations 13.2 and, uh, and about the fifth angel uh, tied into the whole revelation of the seed of the be of the beast in Revelation 16:10, and we just are you know really beginning to, to to flower you with these scriptures, and and hope that you will put your mind to it, and and they will take root in you, and uh, you'll be able to see the revelation of the fifth seal. Uh, Revelation 6, 9 of the souls under the altar uh, and of Revelation 16, 10 uh, the pouring out of his, uh, of his veil uh, which you know also involves <clears throat> the revelation of the beast so it's, uh, it's fast and it's interesting now we are being told that there's going to be this a great sun flare and it's going to be a great sun flare it's a, it's a it's a prediction that's been made by some of the people out there that are throwing all this negative stuff around. And it's supposed to happen here just within a short period of time and flare up and, and go out into space. It wouldn't have reached the earth and, and, and pierced the hemisphere, but just at that time, there's supposed to be some kind of a comet uh, that comes crashing through space and, and just meets that sun flare, and then carries that sun flare all the rest of the way down to the earth uh, to just burn crisp a lot of the earth and a lot of the people. Uh, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I'm not saying that there will not be a day when sun flares will cause a lot of problems on earth. 
you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that, that, there, that there will be. But I don't think that this is the time, and I don't believe that this is going to happen uh, within the, the times, time and half times. Uh, I believe God has guardian angels out there protecting us, uh, you know, from all of the war, warring spirits that would like to just, uh, you know, damage this earth to such a point that the, that the, <clears throat> that the call of salvation could not go on. And I believe that the guardian angels are doing their job. And uh, <clears throat> I believe that when the ozone opened up, uh, you know, that uh, these angels uh, were there to help if it was needed. Uh, I, I, I believe, you know, that's how God cares. and That's how God works. And the old dragon that the Bible talked about in the sea uh, was also a land monster. And, uh, and we see that in the fulfillment of the dinosaurs and how that they were symbolic. Uh, I preached this last week about how that Satan was involved in the creation of the dinosaurs and, uh, and then how that he had first made them as insects uh, and there was a, um, a genetic implant in them so that they would elongate and eventually keep growing by a growth hormone until they became these giant colossal uh, beasts. And, uh, and that there are uh, critter, critters on this earth that are insects that still represent uh, some of these kind of things on the planet. And um, uh, when uh, Satan motivates them and he's allowed to motivate them, uh, then, uh, you know, we may see some more uh, dragons and dinosaurs uh, coming back around. After all, the as I explained last week, the word for uh, dragon, uh, uh, the Tanin, uh, 8577 of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the book of the Bible uh, that is coming out of the Old Testament, and, and is then being referred to uh, by, the, by the Strong's Concordance. Uh, it tells that, you know, that the name means monsters and, uh, and uh, huge uh, colossal creations. So, uh, you know, we just want to just briefly go over that again. Uh, and this, as we said, this fifth day, uh, you know, because it was the longest day in, in the, uh, uh, the cre uh, creation time. And uh, as I said, we also referred to Joel 2.25, how that insects were created uh, by uh, Lucifer under the office of the morning star, Yaviel. And uh, Lucifer makes insects uh, which are actually miniature dinosaurs, uh, but uh, uh, plants in them a gigantism uh, that they in their later time would elongate and become as dinosaurs. And then I explained uh, the locust attack, uh, the locust attack, and uh, and in Joel 2:25, uh, how that uh, uh, when the, the certain combinations that it gives actually uh, creates a platform uh, for uh, mantis, which is part of the locust family, uh, but uh, represents uh, more along the false prophet thing because the very word mantis means uh, you know prophet, praying prophet. And that's uh, P-R-A-Y, praying, but it's the false prophet. And, you know, there's all kinds of other scripture. I can't just keep going over these things, but, you know, for the sake of people that, that ask, I don't want to turn them down. Uh, there's just 
so much to be said, so much to to uh, be understood. Uh, I, I we talked about the horse riders uh, of the of the uh, forces dark and the forces light uh, revealed in Revelations six one through eight, Revelations nineteen eleven through fourteen, and Revelations nineteen nineteen, and. Uh, uh, Second Kings two eleven, uh, we are able to see the connection there to to the horses of fire that Elijah went up on. Uh, we uh, we know that uh, that uh, there is a, a spiritual number of the hundred and forty four thousand. Uh, they are a number that that uh, is made up from uh, you know uh, twelve times twelve thousand. And uh, they represent the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, there is, you know, a lot of revelation. I've done a lot of teaching on that. Uh, we know that in this war, the the uh, the good angels and this and the uh, uh, Artursians have ha- have ziths and zoots and planetomes. I don't say the Artursians have all of those, but you know they do have their ships. And the the dark forces have the zats and the zams. And uh, so there is plenty going on with the empire of the forces dark and plenty going on with the army of the white horse riders. And, uh, and they are exactly called the army of the, uh, of the white horse riders uh, in the book of Revelations. Now, um, in chapter 13, 1 of the MIV, and I, John, stood upon the sand of the sea, which is to say I came into a twilight zone in my mind, where between the spirits of the living and the dead, uh, the dead being represented by the sand, and the spirits of the living being represented by the sea, which were uh, the un- unredeemed living, I saw history and, and, and the future fused into prince, to a principality called the beast, and I saw the beast rising through the time, time, and dividing of the times from the spirits of the dead and the spirits of the living. And seven heads were assigned to the beast, which were seven counter-spirits that should be chosen by Lucifer Satan to offset the seven spirits of God, the Holy Commission. Corporately, <clears throat> there was assigned uh, to the beast ten horns, which were the combination of the seven counter spirits, uh, seven counter spirits mentioned, and the satanic trim, uh, trinity. So the seven and the three make ten. Also, into the three horns were assigned kingdom crowns. When the good angels saw these symbols and 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 emblems, uh, and emblems, they considered them as portals uh, of blasphemy to God. Revelations. 13.2 uh, MIV I saw three beasts uh, morphing out of the dra- dragon a leopard, a bear, and a lion so that there were four beasts however the fourth beast the dragon was far more monstrous and predatory than the other beast I understood that these four beasts represent nations under evil influences of the forces dark of which the dragon was the channel for the power and authority of the forces dark I also understood that though over the great courses of time the, uh, uh, the nations might change, nevertheless the nature and purpose of the replacement nations would remain the same. 
until the thrones of the seven spirits of God and the ancient of days were set down. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, that is spoken of in Daniel 7, 9. Uh, the fourth beast is also uh, explained in Daniel 7, 7 through 8. Um, Revelations MIV 13, 2, uh, elementary level. Furthermore, the beast took on a future time, uh, uh, took on at a future time the emblem representations of four kinds of humanity, a leopard, a bear, a lion, and a dragon. Each of these nation kingdoms provided input to the beast. The leopard provided predatory activities, the bear provided geographical advantages, and the lion provided great oratory capabilities. But the dragon provided the beast its seat of authority. 13.3, easy read, MIV. I saw one of the heads of the seven contra spirits, who were the false spirit counterparts to the seven spirits of God, and was greatly wounded. And I knew this head of the spirit of pride was wounded in the war of the angels. And I saw that due to Lucifer, Satan's new kingdom of the prince of the power of cosmic breathing spaces, that Un's mind of pride was healed. Therefore, as Lucifer, Satan began to mastermind Un's dragon plan with precision and the supra of technology, the whole world followed in amazement. Scriptures about this particular location, I quoted before, Isaiah 24:21, Revelations 9:1 and the role taken away later in Revelations 20. Now, while we just let that reading rest just a teeny-weeny bit, uh, let me come and let me go over something else that uh, haven't talked about for quite a while, and I just think it's important in the, the, uh, in the education of this spiritual revelation. Uh, <clears throat> as I said, there's going to be once the uh, times, times, and dividing of the times is finished, and all of the ophanim that are to be redeemed are redeemed, then the new creations will start, which are the offspring of the ophanims, but when they are born, they will not have, they will not have souls. They will have to uh, gain souls, uh, but they will have, you know, they will be the offspring and do have genetic advantages uh, in that sense. And, and so that... Uh, you know, is, I think, uh, a pretty uh, important uh, thing. They will have they will have their opportunities to, to overcome. And they are the ones who are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but they are not, and that's Revelations 13.8 and 17.8. Revelations 13.8 and 17.8. Now, we know that some unusual things have been said in the Scriptures, about how things can be affected by uh, the, the change of DNA, uh, maybe not using those exact terms, but using terms that does not take very uh, difficult uh, interpretation to see the reference to. Uh, and we know how that uh, Satan has certainly been involved from these teachings gen uh, to do genetic things, going way, way back to the dinosaurs, which was a plot to stall time until he could uh, further himself in his appeals before the uh, the court of 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 the, uh, the, uh, the holy commissioners, the seven holy commissioners, 
and uh, so you know he stalled it as long as he could. Finally, um, uh, when the the order was given that it had, it had been stalled long enough, there had to be human type life uh, on the planet uh, to get things started uh, for the plan of salvation. Uh, then the angels came, and uh, they used a combination of different things. Uh, but part of it included uh, uh, rays in which they used to uh, to eradicate. They didn't do this all at once, but over a period of time, uh, along with various other procedures, they eradicated uh, the uh, uh, the dinosaur clan. And uh, now we we see how that in Matthew three nine that Jesus was speaking, and he says uh, when the Pharisees and Sadducees and some of them said, We have Abraham for our father. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Um, those stones, we, we you know, uh, testicles are called stones. But he was using an example of just regular uh, building stones. Uh, but I think the idea was that within the atomization of everything that has atoms, which everything that is physical upon the earth does, there is the possibility of latolution uh, to bring forth changes uh, to, with uh, DNA pronunciations. And, uh, and here Jesus says, you know, uh, we can do incredible things. We can we can raise the right kind of DNA, uh, you know, uh, that needs to be raised uh, by by just bringing them out of the stones. Now we remember something similar to that in Hosea one nine ten. Uh, then God uh, called his name Loami, for you are not my people, and you will and I will not be your God. Yet in verse ten, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea which cannot be measured measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You are not my people. Ye are not my people. There it shall be said unto them, You are, my, you are the sons of the living God. Now, we see how people that are denunciated and that are said, You are not my people, and sometimes people go out and they make these uh, preachings and these teachings and they go into great strides to show how some people are cursed and, and they're, they're locked out. And they don't understand that after 10 generations pass that, that God uh, does a renewal uh, of those people, uh, you know. And uh, uh, we, you know, that's why the manifest teaches what's called um, eternal justification that you cannot base uh, a, a, you know, justification in your lifetime, uh, nor maybe in several lifetimes, as to what the whole of the picture is and what the resultant is and to what the operations are that ultimately bring about the justification. Uh, it, it, you know, we have to only understand it being applicable by eternal justification. And such a beautiful uh, teaching, so full of the love of God, is that teaching uh, revealed in the Holy Manifest. <clears throat> so um uh this is just an in, you know an insert that I did not want you to be left out of I wanted you you know to just be able to 
to be sure to uh, you know in, incorporate some of these things uh, in into your minds because uh, they are just absolutely essential and important. Now, one of the other things that uh, that I haven't been into for a while, and I started to mention it earlier, uh, but I you know I want to talk about you know the fact that there are two infinities, and there is um, uh, and both of these infinities are of course being infinities, they are eternal. Uh, there's a physical infinity and there's a spiritual infinity. And uh, you can actually find, uh, you know, scripture for that when you get over into the, I think it's the 15th chapter of First Corinthians, where it talks about, you know, there's a natural body, there's a physical body, and there's a spiritual body. Uh, we see there are two parallels. And, uh, and that even when the word forever is mentioned, uh, forever just means beyond uh, where the human mind can reason, and um, so we begin to, you know, to see these things, uh, you know, in quite an interesting way. Uh, but I, I, I have not talked for a while uh, on the subject of um, of the energy dot, and I want to tie this revelation of the energy dot uh, into some of the things that that we are talking about here today. Because uh, to leave that out is leaving out one of the most uh, powerful revelations uh, that that has ever been opened on the face of this earth. Now there are you know other religions and other people uh, you know that have uh, come up with ideas along this line. Even some of the New Age and some of these people that are into uh, remote viewing. Uh, they've come up with uh, different uh, kinds of things that they believe are the uh, reservoirs of information that can be touched. I know that uh, uh, Madame uh, Blavatsky, uh, who created the uh, theology of theosophy, uh, she had this revelation of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Akasic, uh, the Akasic uh, revelation. Uh, which uh, was like a compendium of mystical knowledge encoded into a non-physical plane of existence that could be uh, gotten into either by uh, hypnotism or, um, uh, you know, by uh, uh, other kinds of other kinds of means. Um, uh, I think the other means that they taught was. Uh, going there to that library in an astral body and being able to to get it uh, that actually uh, came from a Hindu philosophy uh, it's written a little bit different but uh, it, it it originally came from a you know a, a Hindu philosophy and and of course it is esoteric uh, cosmology and uh, and I'm not knocking it I mean it, it did at least did lend some thought uh, to the capability of other language. But that kind of language is ba basically um, information that has to do of the present time, what is going on in the present time. Now, the energy dots are about the seven universes that have been, and, and, in, and information about those uh, lives of those seven universes as examples of, of uh, all the many different uh, things that could happen or could not happen that are revealed to us that we can apply. 
And so uh, the energy dot thing is uh, is a totally different, uh, you know, revelation. And uh, I just, uh, you know, want to share uh, from uh, the book that I've wrote and published here some time back, The Seven Thunders Speak Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis. Um, you know, there there is uh, explanation in there uh, about the energy dots. On page uh, 33, uh, there is uh, at the bottom of the of the book, uh, you know, an explanation of energy dots, and they're called punctum points of data, collective thought energies of universal creation imprinted into minute densities, and uh, it it talks about uh, you know uh, uh, the dot represented in British uh, language. Uh, meaning far in the past. Uh, one standard English dictionary definition for energy is a po- potential for utterance. Therefore, constructively, energy dot uh, can mean a potential for utterance of the things from far in the past. Uh, that I find exciting and interesting uh, because in the the unveiling of the energy dot information, uh, when you have seven other universes, you should know, since the Bible says in Ephesians that God requireth that which is past, that there's going to be repeats. And within those seven universes, there are going to be answers that are going to come out. And in those uh, seven answers, uh, we are going to get, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, of insight to anything that is going on in the world today. So... Um, uh, energy dots, uh, you know, uh, they are uh, universal paths, uh, you know, that that uh, that offer uh, the milk of life uh, in a in, in a transcendental way, uh, uh, and and uh, you know they are something that that is available uh, to God's uh, people uh, that have advanced to the place uh, where they can. Uh, have an energy dot experience where an energy dot will actually uh, appear in their home or in a building where they're at and they'll be able to see it with their eyes and then they'll be able to concentrate on it uh, with such a spiritual energy that they are able then to uh, to to enter into the data and the thoughts of that uh, high density uh, uh, recording uh, and begin to uh, in one instant just like put put you know like that dot into your brain and it's like you know a hundred libraries being put in there and and then you you have the opportunity of recall uh, things begin to come recall back to you and suddenly you know these things and you would wonder how could I know that how, how could I know that that but you know uh, it would be coming from the the data that was stored in this energy dot, which is in a highly condensed uh, 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 type of, uh, of, of condition. And, and then when you, you receive that, uh, you know, it, it's just a beautiful thing. There was a, a, a scripture in Psalm 78.2 that actually was a reference to Jesus. And it says, I will utter deep sayings from the long, long ago of anterior, anteriority. Uh, Jesus when he came to earth, one of the things that was prophesied in Psalms was that when he got into the teachings, he was going to go back in time 
and he was going to utter deep sayings from the long, long ago of anteriority. And uh, so uh, I think that, you know, these revelations that we are talking about, they are different from from what anyone else has out there. Uh, but, of course, there will always be things that seem just like those uh, those Fibonacci numbers. Uh, there are counterfeit out there, and they seem to be the same thing. But when you actually put them through the sequences, you discover that they don't give the same answers. And it's the same thing with some of these, uh, you know, uh, methods that people are using uh, in, in the different moves and religions and and, and uh, they're coming up with ideas, but it's, it's you know, it's not connecting. So uh, I believe that, you know, there is a plan. Uh, I I can tell you that uh, I've certainly had uh, energy dot uh, experiences, and I've had uh, this energy uh, put into my brain uh, uh, of an energy dot by, uh, by Gabriel, and, and that information uh, uh, set into my my brain uh, and uh, uh, just uh, little by little uh, began to be received and actuated and uh, and came into my brain brain as uh, as thoughts instantly and so i i know it's real because of what i've had i had uh, someone uh, just recently say uh, i don't see how anybody could have you know written this book this looks like a book that would take a huge team of many different minds and many different ideas it just doesn't seem possible. I says, well, I didn't write the book. I received the revelation, and I wrote it from the revelation. And it was by the Spirit of, of God. And so I think that uh, that those kind of things are so important as we're facing these contra spirits and false spirit counterparts of the seven spirits, uh, uh, you know, of God. They're, they are counterparts that would try to deceive. They, uh, Satan can appear as an, an, as an angel of light. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a, a, you know, in uh, 13.7 MIV, it talks about, you know, the false prophet called Golden Boy. And it says uh, the false prophet was given increased power by Satan to stir up the spirit of war against the saints and thereby to defeat them regardless of nation or race. So in KJV, uh, you know, uh, 13.7, it says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. So uh, uh, we see that also in 13.7, MIV elementary level, And the dragon commanded the beast to make war with the saints and to, to defeat them. Now, now you know, uh, the dragon wants to be sure that the saints are defeated. And and uh, the beast has commanded to seek out and defeat the saints of all the kindreds, tongues, and nations. Uh, this is no small war that's going on. It is a major war, but at the same time, we have to understand, uh, you know, our kingdom is not of this world. We we are just a passing through. Uh, we're actually aliens here. And uh, and once we begin to get that kind of understanding into our minds and get it associated uh, with you know what we are teaching, what we are saying, uh, then that uh, puts us uh, on a totally different level. Now, an interesting thing that I shared in a in a broadcast yesterday on another station uh, that I think I should throw in here, and it is how that in the book of Genesis, uh, it 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 uh, when the flood came, 
there were some specific things that it said, and it was very pronounced about it. And, uh, and uh, you know, and that was like in uh, Genesis six seventeen at the bottom of that verse. It says, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Everything that is in the earth, of course, that is not on the ark, uh, it was saying, would die. And then there was the... Um, the the revelation uh, in uh, same the chapter seven of Genesis verse twenty two, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, and of all that was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both men and cattle and creeping things, and the fowl of heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Now, <clears throat> when you read that, you know, and persons not understanding the word of God, they would look at that and they would say, well, uh, I mean, either the Bible is true or the Bible is false, but it specifically more than once says that everything else died. And only those eight people lived. But you see, although it seems to say that, it really doesn't say that. And we can see that where in the sixth chapter of Genesis, it talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the sons of God uh, intermarrying with the daughters of men. And and it tells about uh, that they bear children in the fourth verse. Uh, and the same became mighty men, which were which were uh, men of old, and uh, and in the first part of the verse, and there were giants in the earth in those days, uh, after the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and the word for giants is nephtalim, nephtalim, and when you hear that term, uh, you know it's pretty popular now, and people are preaching all kinds of things about it that's not true, uh, but supposedly they all died there at the flood. So none of the Nephtalim uh, was left. Nevertheless, when you get over to the book of Numbers, uh, you know, and I believe it's, uh, if I can remember this correctly, I believe it's uh, Numbers 13. And uh, uh, and uh, when you get into, to, you know, the book of Numbers 13, uh, we, we come to verse uh, 33, and um, and uh, it's it's very interesting what it says. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, the Greek term, which was used in Genesis six for giants, in this case is the same. It's Nephtalim. So. Uh, these were people that now are cons- were, are shown to still be alive a considerably a long time after the flood. Now, the way of understanding this, and this is very important and it ties in, to, in, in with a big connection to this thing of the war, is to understand that that the Bible talks about those that were saved by water were eight persons. But it it doesn't talk about those that were saved by the air, that went up in spaceships. and uh, But Jesus did talk about it. And Jesus said in the 24th chapter of the book of, uh, of Matthew 
that as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be like that again. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And there'll be two in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two at the mill, one will be taken, one will be left. And the angels will come in the air and will gather uh, the the children of God that are going to be raptured out. Now, it says that as as that is what is going to happen, but that also happened before in the days of Noah. So we know by that that the children of Enoch were taken. And then we also know that whenever the door is opened for the good, that that also always opens at the same time a parallel door for the evil. Just like for electricity, you have negative and positive. They just go together. And it's the same thing in an atom. You know, you have the neutron, but you have revolving around it, you know, the proton and the anti-proton. So it's so important to see this and understand this in all nature, nature and even into the spirituality of things. And when you understand that, then we begin to see as 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 the angels of God took the the people, uh, you know, and brought them out, uh, uh, and and took them to the Father's house, that Lucifer then he took uh, a a bunch of these uh, 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 giants and and some of these other genetic uh, strains because he wanted to preserve them, and he took them over to uh, the the near the planet uh, Saturn. Uh, to one of the satellite, uh, uh, you know, planets uh, uh, like a moons or whatever you want to call them around Saturn and, uh, and made a place for them to be able to live. Now then, when the, the good angels decided uh, to bring back some of the animals because they took animals and various vestitations and, and uh, this is things that cherubim angels do. And they preserved them and, and then brought them back to Earth uh, to to uh, create uh, an extension of these these uh, animals that the ark couldn't hold everything, it, it just wasn't big enough. No matter though people seem to think it was, uh, and and uh, they brought them back. They also they also brought you know back uh, you know people like Melchizedek. He came and he was doing a ministry on the earth and and other spiritual uh, people from um, uh, the the uh, the bosom of the Father. They were brought here. The minute that they did that, it opened up the parallel door. You know, the positive, the negative. The parallel door was opened up. Then Lucifer t- took and brought the Nephilim back, and he brought them them back as the giants. And so, then God spoke to 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 Moses and he said, you know. Uh, these are bad seed, and you've got to kill all these people. Maybe he didn't understand the full ramification, but I think that he did, because after all, Moses wrote Genesis, and he wrote, uh, you know, the the sixth chapter of uh, Genesis about the giants. Now, some people say, well, he just got that from the book of Enoch. Well, some people say that the book of Enoch wasn't written until much later, but even if he did get it from the book of Enoch, he evidently believed it enough to put it in the writings that he was writing. So either way that you want to look at it, it still is applicable to the fact that he had an understanding about it. And so he was the man. He was the man then that was chosen. Uh, you know, you've got to correct things. And then, of course, these giants, uh, uh, you know, they're populating and they're mingling with other nations and other people. 
And and so then this whole plan is given. You know, we've got to do the same thing that the flood did. But I promised that it wouldn't cause another flood. So now you've got to go out there. But here's what's the plan. Uh, uh, all you've got to do is, is go out there and be a proxy. And then I will send angels before you. And the angels will use special techniques, you know, to eradicate uh, the, these uh, uh, people who are soulless individuals that have been brought back to the earth by, by, by uh, Lucifer Satan. Uh, but then, of course, Israel rebelled, and then that forced the Israelites to have to go to war themselves, which was not the plan of, of, of God. And then they had to go to war against, uh, you know, these giants. Now, I want to use that as an example to warn you people that we are in a war against, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And if you people out there who are ministers and preachers and believers, you get involved with war of flesh and blood, uh, you are doing the same thing that the children of Israel did when they erred and when they made a mistake and when they started uh, uh, going against the plan of God that would have made it so easy for them to have angels going before them and taking care of the whole situation and turning over cities blank to them. <coughs> now, in every group of these people where you had these giants and so forth, there would always be numbers of people living in there that did have souls. That's why uh, there is offered in the, in the Bible opportunity for some of those people in those areas uh, that that they they are going to be able to be uh, you know regenerated and it's it's right there in the Bible where where it it speaks of that. So I just wanted you to be sure you have that down in your mind uh, because and the understanding of that there's a, a, a physical and spiritual infinity and although the universe comes to what you might call an end, it still is a uh, in a high density. It still exists in a high density. Uh, uh, that density, uh, incredible density, is called, you know, when the heavens are rolled together as a scroll. But then the Bible says that whenever God makes a new universe, he stretches out the heavens, uh, and he stretches it out, of course, from that, that cosmic scroll, uh, that high-density resolution, and things start all over again. And so in that sense, then it is an infinity. It goes through these cycles, and it comes back again, and uh, that's just all part of how the forever of things uh, continue to go on. Okay, so um, uh, now uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're moving along. Uh, uh, we've got, um, <clears throat> we've, we've got uh, in the book of, um, of Revelations, and uh, I see I'm just running out of time. Yeah, I'm just almost ready to go into into three, but uh, I'm probably going to have to go one more week to go into three. But I want to 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 get into something here in chapter nine. The fifth angel sounds, and and remember now we taught how that that star that that came down from the uh, fell from heaven, that it, it was given the key to the bottomless pit. This bottomless pit is you know gigantic space it is certainly not you know down in the earth because that's not bottomless you know it, the earth has a bottom uh and you you can go out the other end you know you get got a bottom and um but the space you know does not and he's given this key and he opens it up and there's this time of creation and this furnace represents uh uh you know this manufacturing and uh 
and the sun and the air that were darkened represent these hordes of of, of locust creation uh, going out into space and and they're sort of like trying their wings uh, they're in a trial period and uh, but the very presence of them being out uh, you know is is a they are a concentration of the forces dark and 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 they like in the beginning where God said he divided the light from the darkness you know they 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 uh, they are are convoluting uh, away from the light, therefore turning on deeper darkness, and uh, it does affect you know the universe. And there came out of the smoke uh, uh, these locusts upon the earth, and uh, and was and they were given the power as scorpions. And we find that, um, and if you had a chance to turn to Star Rise and read the blog that I did, you see how that the very shapes that it mentions of the of, of the uh, of these mantis uh, uh, creatures uh, are connected with the very shape of the uh, spacecraft because that has the signal information uh, schematic map in there of of their whole uh, life as androids and, and their capabilities. And so uh, when it talks about the, the breastplates of iron and, and when it talks about, you know, uh, uh, the shapes of, like the horses. We know in, in the book of Kings that the horses and the horsemen uh, represented uh, the spacecraft that took up e Ezekiel and represented both the space itself and the pilots were the horsemen. And we've got the same thing right here and these hordes uh, and hordes of, of, uh, of, 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 of these creations coming out and then in the as I try to bring this to, a, I won't be long here, closing this, uh, we see there is this thing that happens uh, in the same chapter, and we're in the, the 14th verse, where the sixth angel uh, had the trumpet to loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And if you remember of the, of the, of the four rivers of the Garden of Eden, that the last river uh, was the Euphrates River out of which Adam came, and, and that he carried on that Euphrates River. But nevertheless, there was there is bound in uh, that river uh, something that is going to be revealed here in just a minute as I read. And it says, uh, and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared as soon as they were loosed. Uh, you know, and I'll put it in perspective like this, a year, a month, a day, and an hour. This uh, in, incorporates all the whole time, and and this represents that you know they're going to be full time involved, and in the verse uh, the sixteenth verse, they they become an army uh, of two hundred million entities, two hundred million entities that are all prepared. These have all are part of this of the connected to those locusts coming out of the of the fire, but also connected to this other group. Uh, which we'll get into explanation of exactly who they are when we uh, continue next week. Uh, God bless you so much for listening. God bless you so much uh, for your patience. Um, we, we hope to get this, uh, this uh, radio thing eventually with uh, the right cable. Uh, I want to do a, a quick prayer for you people that uh, you know have physical body problems. Uh, that God will reach right this moment by His Holy Spirit, that He will come into your presence, that His Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit, will touch your body, will touch your nervous system.
will touch the neural network of your brain, will heal you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, that this Holy Ghost will be so strong, so evident, so real, that your cells will shout for joy. Oh, God loves you. We love you. God bless you and keep you. Until next week, when we are into answers, questions and answers number seven. And surely by then we will be able to finish War of the Angels 3. God bless you.